This is a Courageous Church podcast, equipping and empowering you to live a courageous life. Join us now as we listen to a message from Courageous Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. Today is called Vision Sunday, and I've been looking forward to this for some time now. I know that we have a lot of people out traveling. We have friends and family out of state. We have those that are still gone. But I've really felt impressed of the Lord to really cast vision for 2020 and to do it today. And so today, we really just want to frame for you some expectation for what the Lord has put on our hearts to lead you in as we step into 2020. In the next few moments we have together, my prayer for you guys is really that you would lean in a little bit to hear what it is the Spirit of God is saying to you for 2020 and some things that he may want to do in your life. I don't know about you guys, but I love the start of a new year. I love fresh beginnings. And I know, and I know studies have shown that most New Year's resolutions fail. Come on. But they usually do so because we didn't set a plan of action or a plan for follow-through. But still, nonetheless, I love the fact that God gives us new years and new beginnings and new opportunities to set things in motion that I believe will absolutely direct the course of our life for the next 365 days. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. We're going to start there today. Reading from the ESV, it says this, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he or she may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end, and it will not lie. If it seems slow, just wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up in pride. It is not upright within him. But the righteous shall live by faith. In keeping with the importance of vision, we've called today Vision Sunday. And as you know, we're stepping into the year 2020, which gives me a little bit of license to sort of make all sorts of analogies and metaphors about clear vision. Well, I'm going to try my best not to overplay that drum too much because it's just too easy. But I really do want to say a few things about vision here just right at the outset, before we actually frame for you five things that I believe God has called us to really contend for and be about as a church in 2020. Before we break down this passage of scripture, there's a couple things that stand out to me, and I want to point some of these things out. First and foremost, I think we need to understand the context of Habakkuk, okay? For those of you that aren't familiar with it, it's, a, it's an amazing little three-chapter book in the Old Testament. He's considered one of the minor prophets, and the Lord has come to him in this prophetic vision. How many know God comes to people all throughout the scriptures in visions and in dreams? And so he's come to Habakkuk in this prophetic vision, and he's spoken to him about things to come, about things that he wants to do in the lives of the people of Israel. And if you've read the Old Testament, you know that God tends to do this a lot. He tends to speak through messages, and he tends to speak through visions given to his prophets. And so Habakkuk is one such prophet that God has chosen, who records God's words to Israel in this small, little, easy-to-miss, three-page, three-chapter book, okay? And it describes, I believe, in great detail how God works in our lives prophetically through vision, and I love it. We see this right off the bat in chapter one, verse one. It says this in the NLT. It says, this is the message that the prophet Habakkuk has received in a vision. Now I've highlighted two words out of this verse, message and vision. Okay, so right off the bat, we have words, we have things that we hear, and then we have vision, which represents sights, things that we see. 
And so right away, we know that God wants to say something so that you and I and we reading this can see something. Can I say that again? God wants to say something so that we can see something. And we see this also in chapter two, verse one. It says this, there I will wait to see what the Lord says. So once again, we have sight, we have vision connected to hearing. I will see what God says, what I hear him say, okay? So we have these two linked ideas, sight and hearing, vision and hearing. So let's start with verse two. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. The first key point I wanna make today is this, number one, God wants your vision to be clear so that you can run. Recently, my daughter just had a vision test done at school and they discovered that her vision wasn't clear and they ran all these tests and then we got the results at home and then we took her to an optometrist and they ran tests and discovered that she had not 20-20 vision, which is considered clear vision, but 20-30 vision, which means that she can't see things at 20 feet that most people can see at 30 feet. Does that make sense? What we realized was that her vision was not clear and she needed assistance. She needed to go get glasses. And by the way, she was really excited about this, okay? Because when you have glasses, you automatically look really cool and really smart, especially when you're 11 years old, let me tell you. So she got to go pick out her cool new stylish hip glasses so that her vision could become clear. God wants you and I's vision to be clear so that we can run. It's the same thing with us. God wants our vision to be clear. And interestingly enough, not just clear so that we can walk, so that we can walk and not stumble, but so clear that we can actually run. When I was in high school, I played football and I did track and field. Now, I did track and field my senior year of high school, and I was quickly removed from the long distance team to the shot put and discus team. All right, I guess they just figured because I played football, I was stronger than I was fast. Truth be told, I actually was pretty fast, but we already had a lot of really fast short distance and long distance runners. But you know what we didn't have? Hurdle runners. And so I tried my best to jump over those hurdles, but I'll tell you, every time I did, I fell flat on my face. And as much as I wanted to run, I couldn't get over those hurdles. And I think it's the same thing with us in life. God wants us to be able to get over the hurdles. But let me tell you this, you can't get over a hurdle that you cannot see. That's why God wants your vision to be clear. He doesn't want you to run your race blindly. He doesn't want you to run your race with foggy glasses, with distortion in your mind, with thoughts that bring you down and drag you down. He wants you to have clear vision for your life so that you can run. And not just run, but run and get over every obstacle, come on, every hurdle that lies in front of you. The truth is our lives are full of hurdles. They're full of obstacles and things that we as people of faith, as followers of Jesus, are gonna have to learn to get over. But we cannot do so if we can't see them. And that's why God wants to enhance your ability to see, to look into your life and to have foresight to see down the road what hurdles are coming at you so that you can, not like Pastor Jason, but get over those hurdles and obstacles and win your race. Paul tells us, this is how we run. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, he says, we run our race to win. Come on, we run our race to win. That's why God wants you to have clear vision for your life. And so how do we get this? How do we get this clear vision? 
Well, I believe the word of God shows us in Hebrews chapter 12, verses one through two. Here's what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and hindrance and the sin which clings so closely and let us run. Church, we are called to run into 2020. Some of you felt like you might have stumbled into 2020. You're crawling into 2020. But I'm telling you this, 2020 is gonna be the year of running that God has called us to run like Elijah, that we are gonna run with strength. We're gonna run in the anointing of God that's upon this church and upon our lives. So how do we get this clear vision? We look to Jesus. Here it is. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verse two, looking to Jesus. He's the founder and he's the perfecter of our faith. Our vision is not determined by our desire to win. Our vision is not determined by our ability to endure. Those things are supremely important, don't get me wrong, but our vision is ultimately determined by what or whom we are looking at. And that's why the writer of Hebrews says, this is how we run. We throw off weights and constraints and things like sin and stuff that represents our old life that wants to come back and and entangle us and ensnare us. And we throw it aside so that we can run our race with endurance, running our race so that we can last but we do so by looking to Jesus, the author and the perfecter, the founder and the pioneer of our faith, the alpha and the omega, the one from whom it all begins and the one for whom it's all going toward. That's how we obtain clear vision. We look to Jesus. So let me ask you today, how's your vision? How's your vision? What are you looking at? What do you spend most of your time staring into? For some of us, it's our social media, it's our Instagram pics and all of that good stuff. We spend a lot of time looking into it and staring at it. For some of us, it's Netflix. Some of us, it's CNN or Fox News. Come on, we spend a lot of time looking at other things when we are called, you and I, Courageous Church, the people of God, followers of Jesus, to look to him. To look to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. That's how we're gonna get clear vision. And I would say this, Our chief desire and our purpose as a church, before we do anything, before we reach the lost, before we heal the sick, before we do anything, is to behold Jesus. It's to look at Jesus, to stare into his wondrous and beautiful face, to worship and adore him. Our true calling as the people of God, number one, is to worship. It's to behold Jesus. It's to look at him. It's to take our affection and to take our gaze and to bring it onto Jesus where it rightfully belongs. That's how you and I are gonna get clear vision for our lives. So our desire as a church is to behold Jesus. It's to look to Jesus. It's to affirm Jesus. And here's the good news about Jesus. Jesus is the one who opens the eyes of our understanding so that we can see him, so that we can behold him. And he does that for others. He does it for the lost. He does it for unbelievers. He removes the scales off their eyelids. Paul says that the reason people don't believe the truth is because the God of this world has blinded them from it. But because you and I have the truth and have the light, we arise and we shine and we go out and we declare good news. And when we do so, the Holy Spirit comes and convicts people of sin and removes scales off their eyelids and opens their eyes so that they too can have clear vision for their life. That's what we're about as a church and that's what we're believing and contending for. God's sight is perfect even when ours is not. There's gonna be times where you and I don't see things as clearly as we should. And that is why we walk by faith and not by sight. That's why we trust, even when we cannot see. 
even when the darkness surrounds, and even when you cannot see your victory or your breakthrough that we were singing about earlier today, we believe by faith, God is the God of the impossible. And he's the one that we're following after, even when we cannot see. Paul says it this way. He says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 9 through 12. He says, we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. For now, verse 12, we see in a mirror dimly, but... Here's the good news. There's coming a day when we're going to see Jesus face to face. Now I know in part, he says, but then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So even now, even in, in the reality of desiring to have clear vision and to have clear sight, we know that it's limited. We know that we're going to see in part, but you know what? Don't give up hope. Prophesy. Even if you don't know what God's going to do and how it's all going to work out, that's okay. We get to join Paul. And he says, I know in part, and I prophesy in part. And my desire is that you, the church, would above all learn to prophesy. He goes, desire the spiritual things. Desire the spiritual gifts. But above all, prophesy. Why does he say that? Because it takes faith to prophetically declare something that you cannot see. And so God challenges us. He says, put on Jesus. Look to Jesus. Prophesy. I know you don't see everything. I know all of it doesn't make sense. It's like looking at a puzzle and there's pieces missing, but there's coming a day. And our hope is that one day we will see Jesus fully face to face and we will know fully, even though we are already known fully by him. That's our hope. And we see this with Habakkuk. He's prophesying what he's seen, what God has shown him in part. So that even now, the people of Israel can have clear perspective for their lives and they can run their race. God is so good that he wants us to experience a little bit of that reality even now. A foretaste of when we will see him face to face because some of that reality has broken into the present age because of Jesus and because of the kingdom of God at work within us. We get to experience that now. We get to see a glimpse of that now. So every now and then he likes to just pull back the curtain. Hey, it's me. I'm still here. I'm still on the throne. It's all okay. It doesn't matter if Trump gets reelected or not. I'm still on the throne. Come on. I still, I've still got the hearts of kings in my hand. Don't worry. I'm still the one enthroned above all things. Come on, I'm still the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm still here. So don't worry. Okay, God, I lost you for a moment there. Come on, little lambs. Come on. Your good shepherd's leading you. And this is what he wants for us. He wants us to trust him even when we don't see. And as we prophesy in part, as we know in part, as we declare in part, we know that God is going to be glorified in and through our faith. Moving on to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. He says this, For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And I'm really thankful that he includes this. Every vision has an appointed time. Challenge is a lot of times you and I, we want to get ahead of our time. We want to get ahead of what God's wanting to do in our life. Every vision awaits its appointed time. And it hastens to the end. And it will not lie. It will not deceive you. God's vision for your life will not deceive you. It will not lie because God is not a man that he should lie. And even if it seems slow, even if it seems like, God, where are you? Wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, this is the hard part, especially for people like me who don't like to wait for anything. Just ask Candace, all right? I'm sitting at the microwave. I'm like, can we get a microwave that goes a little faster? Do they have like a super microwave that can do this thing in like five seconds? Because I don't want to wait two minutes for this thing to thaw and then to flip it over. I don't have time for that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Some of you are like, you're kind of crazy. Yes, I am. 
Thank you, Jesus. The hard part is that we don't want to wait, but God tells us right here that every vision that God has for you and I, for our lives, has an appointed time, has appointed seasons. We only have to wait. And we don't wait without hope. We wait with hope. We wait knowing that it will surely come and it will not delay. You know, when Candace and I first began to pray about Courageous Church, it was 2017. Truth be told, it was years before that, but really in 2017 is when the Lord began to really lay upon our heart the desire to return to Utah and to plant this church. And I knew that 2017 was not the year that we were supposed to plant it. I just knew there was an appointed time and season for that to happen. As much as that would have been cool, it was not God's appointed time for us. And then we stepped into 2018, and I was like, okay, God, maybe this is going to be the year. And he's like, hold fast, slow your roll, it's going to be okay. Send me down. I've got an appointed time. And guess what? It's not 2018. It's like, God, okay, well, it's got to be January 2019 then. Okay, that's when it's going to happen. God's like, no, no, no. I, I got an appointed time. It will come. Wait for it. Surely it will come. Just wait. And what we came to, to discover was that that appointed time for this church was September 15th, 2019. And it was hard to wait years. It was hard to wait years for, to see God do what he wants to do. But you know what? When we wait on him, he will bring the vision to pass. You don't have to try to force things. I could probably spend 20 minutes easily just telling you all of the God things that God did between those two years to prepare for the moment and for the opportunity for us to be here today. I'm not even just with the theater, but I mean with, with some of our team, with people that God has brought from out of state. It's just been amazing. Just the story of miraculous intervention, provision showing up. I'm talking about checks in the mail. I'm talking about things coming that just don't make sense, guys. And had we rushed, eh, maybe we could have pulled it off. But I'm so glad that we didn't. I'm so glad that we waited for its appointed time. Every vision has an appointed time. And so my point number two is this. God's timing is always perfect. He does not delay. God's timing for you and me is always perfect. He's kind of like Gandalf in The Lord of the Rings. He arrives precisely when he means to, neither early nor late. And for some of you, that's frustrating because you're on the waiting side going, come on, God, where are you? But it's easy sometimes to want to rush God, but his timing is always perfect and he does not delay. As a church for the year 2020, I believe this, we are going to contend for some big things. But I want us to know, if you feel like things are not happening fast enough for you, personally, trust God. Wait on him. Surely they will come. God will not delay. His timing is perfect. Number three, God wants your vision to be full of faith. And this is the last point I'm going to make today before we talk about a few things that I believe God has called us to be about in 2020. God wants your vision to be full of faith. You know, faith is the ingredient in the soup that he, he looks for when he dips his finger. He goes, oh, I saw some good deeds in there. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, oh, I saw, oh, I saw some, like, some prayers of consecration. And, ooh, that was, that's pretty sweet. But you know what he's looking for? You know what he really wants to taste in the soup of your life? For the lack of a better analogy, come on. Faith! He tastes faith and he goes, ooh, that's really good. It might be a little peppery. It might be a little salty. It might have too much paprika. All right, Jason, enough of the soup analogy. The truth is this. He looks for faith. All right, faith is the ingredient. It's the ingredient that he wants your vision to be full of. Because we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. We trust him in faith. 
We press in by faith. We pray in faith. We gather in faith. We're going to reach the lost by faith. We're going to serve our city in faith because that's what courageous living is all about. Do you notice the contrast between the prideful and the arrogant man at the very end of that verse in Habakkuk? The one whose soul is puffed up, whose life is crooked, and then the righteous person, those that have a right standing with God. It's not their deeds. It's not their deeds. It's not even their thoughts. It's their faith. Do we have it? Behold, his soul is puffed up. The prideful, they're not upright, but the righteous, they live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. And so God wants your vision to be full of faith. That's the primary ingredient that he's looking for. He's not looking for your degree, for your education, for you to to listen to another podcast, to get the next sermon notes. He just wants you to respond in faith. Come on, it's easy, guys. We overcomplicate it sometimes. We over-spiritualize and overcomplicate the simplicity of the gospel that we have and how it changes and transforms lives. God said this about Abraham. Abraham was one crooked dude. (laughs) But he was justified and he was made righteous because of his simple willingness to trust God in faith. And it's the same with us. For those of us that grab a hold of Jesus, we do so by faith. The scriptures tell us that we are justified by faith because of what Jesus has done. That ultimately is what we celebrate when we talk so much about. My prayer for us, church, in 2020 is this. It's that we would be a people of faith. It's that you and I would touch the hem of his garment in faith. That we'd be willing to see and believe and contend for things that seem impossible. Because we're rooted in, anchored in, faith. And we're not going to waver if things don't happen according to our timetable or the way that we want them to. We're going to press in and we're going to contend for what it is that God has called us to in faith. As a segue into that glimpse of 2020 that I talked about earlier in the message, I want to talk about five things that I believe God has challenged Candace and I to lead you in as a church for 2020. Are you guys ready? Here we go. Number one, Alpha. Alpha is a disciple-making tool. Hear me on this, and I'm glad you're pumped, because we are too. Alpha is a disciple-making tool and ministry designed to help foster conversations of faith that is specifically geared for your unreached and unchurched friends, coworkers, and neighbors. Okay, Alpha is an 11-week course designed to bring people into a conversation where they're not going to be judged or feel pressure to convert But meet Jesus in an interactive way where there's food, there's a video-led talk, there's discussion, where friendships are going to be forged, and where God gets to do some of his greatest work, which is saving and transforming the lives of unbelievers. We're going to do this beginning in January on the 27th and 28th, I believe. We're going to start hosting Alpha in two different locations. One's going to be out in West Jordan that will meet on Monday nights at 7 p.m. And one will be up in Salt Lake City that will meet on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. And I'll say this about Alpha, it changes lives. Candace and I have had the, the privilege to be a part of a ministry that has been going on for many, many years that's been done in hundreds of countries, that's been done by over 30 million people that have met Jesus and encountered Jesus through this intentional ministry. We're really excited about it. So if you're new to walking with Jesus, this would be our encouragement to you as well. Be a part of Alpha. Grab some friends and say, let's do this thing together. I know this, your life will never be the same. 
Your life will never, ever be the same. We can promise you that. Beginning next week, we're gonna actually kick off a 21-day prayer campaign for your friends and neighbors that you want to invite to be a part of Alpha when we launch it at the end of January. Next week, we're gonna hand out prayer cards and there's gonna be a place for you to list three to four people that you wanna pray with and that we as a church wanna pray for over the next 21 days so that as we contend in the Spirit, we're gonna ask God through the Holy Spirit to reach people that we never thought could be reached. Come on, some of you know friends, some of you know neighbors, some of you got family members even that you've been praying for for years and this just might be their day of salvation. And so we're gonna pray for that. We're gonna contend for that because we believe God is still in the business of saving and transforming lives, amen? And so we're gonna share a little bit more about that next week on January 5th and I'm really pumped for Alpha, guys. We're gonna be there. I can't wait for it. Second thing we're gonna really focus on is community groups. We'll be launching community groups in February on the 9th and we're excited about this as well. They'll run similar to Alpha in that they'll involve a time of building relationships. There'll be food, there'll be a video-led talk and a time for discussion. But we believe that God's gonna really use this powerfully to reach people, to heal people, for there to be opportunities for some of you to receive healing in ways that just can't happen here on Sunday morning. And we need community, and it's one of our core values as a church. Life shared together as family. I believe in this day and age that God more than ever wants to move away from corporate ideas about what the church should look like and get back to what family is all about. The church is called to be a flock. It's called to be a team. It's called to be an army, but it's also called to be a family. And it's one of the best terms used for the church. It's the family of God. And so for us, look at the opportunity we have in this valley to model what healthy family looks like. Come on, I don't know about you, but all of us got a little dysfunction in our families, all right? Nobody was born into this world into a perfect family. If you think you are, we'll pray for your narcissism after the church. Okay, but the truth is nobody, nobody's got a perfect family. And, but here's the good news about God. God's heart for his church is that we'd come together to figure out what healthy, beautiful, loving family is supposed to look like. We get to model that not only to each other, but also to the watching world to those that I talked about earlier that have that orphan spirit in their life that just, they need a father, they need a mother, they need someone to bring them into the family and to say, hey, I got a robe for you and I got a ring for you and I got sandals for you. God wants to bring people into family. He wants to restore family. He wants to reconcile family. And I believe that God has called us to be a church that's all about reconciliation. We believe in that. I don't care if you've been divorced. I don't care if you've been divorced five times. We believe that God is still a God who works reconciliatorially. Cool, that was hard to say. He works reconciliation in our lives. And we're gonna contend for that as a church. But you know how we do that? Relationally, through community, through a life shared with a loving family. That's what community is really about. There's a big need for that. And we'll be talking about some of this in the next few weeks, actually. You'll definitely wanna be a part of that. City Serve, number three, we actually already kicked this off in November. For those of you that were able to come down with us to the Glendale Middle School, we were able to serve food and clothing to uh, over 800 people. Come on, that was awesome. And we believe that God has called us to do this once a quarter and then eventually monthly, okay? We're not at that monthly stage yet, but we believe that we're gonna get there. And so the burden that he's put on our hearts is to do this once a quarterly. We're gonna be teaming up with Alfred and some others that actually have a heart to see this city renewed. This valley has so much opportunity for you and I to arise and shine in it. It's not even funny. So City Serve, we're excited about this. We're gonna continue to kick this off before we move to a monthly format. We'll do that quarterly. This year, we're gonna actually be tackling some different ways that we wanna serve our city, including those that are in our jails. Two weeks ago, I got to tour our jail with two chaplain friends of mine who were in desperate need 
of volunteers and people that would come in and share the good news with people that are in the jails. And I will say this, it's not for the faint of heart. I'll say that for sure. Some of you who've had family members go through the criminal justice system, it's tough and it's heavy. But I say this, God calls us to be there because they're still in our city. So if we're gonna serve our city, we gotta serve all our city, not just the parts that we think are cool and clean and safe. And so they've asked me, they said, Jason, you know what we really need? We need people that are willing to come in and lead Bible studies. People that wanna come in and pray for people. People that wanna come and bring Bibles. And they have specific Bibles that they need, okay? Not hardbound, but softbound. And there's, there's ways in which we can serve and be a part of impacting people that are processed for 10, 20, 30 days, sometimes longer, months, years. In that moment that God gives us a specific window to reach them in a way that we wouldn't be able to reach them anywhere else. And for some of those people, they go on to, be, to, go on to state prisons and so forth. And so this is, an, this is a really unique time for us to actually make an impact in their life. And so if you're interested in that and you, you feel like that's something God's calling you to, come see me, come talk to me, because we're going to be leading teams on a quarterly basis and then eventually monthly basis to go in on Saturday mornings to pray with, to lead Bible studies, and to really be the hands and feet of Jesus to these people who are waiting and, and probably in some of the most dire places of their life. So I'm really excited about that opportunity as well. There's a huge need for that. We're gonna talk a little bit more about that the next month. In addition, the jails will be out in the community with helping with food and clothing distribution, as well as tackling some city renewal projects that will help different works and ministries we've chosen to partner with. And we'll reveal more of that as we get closer to February. Next is prayer gatherings, number four. I'm really excited about this. God has called us to be a people of prayer. It's one of our seven core values that we'll be talking about in the month of January. A people that are passionate about prayer because prayer changes everything. Because prayer is powerful. We believe in the efficacy of prayer. We believe that we get to partner with God in what God wants to do in the earth. What a high calling. What a high privilege. What an amazing opportunity that God would entrust you and I with words that somehow shape and dictate how heaven comes to earth. Woo! I'll tell you what. I am pumped up about this. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna gather. We're gonna have specific times and moments. They may be nights, they may be mornings, but what we believe God has called us to is to gather, to specifically pray for specific things that he wants us to, to really contend for in 2020. All right, 2020 is gonna be a big year. We wanna pray for our nation. We wanna pray for our leaders. We wanna pray for our city. Come on, we wanna pray for our families. We're gonna pray specifically for these things. And then we're gonna contend for things that we believe God has called us to contend for. We believe that 2020 is going to be a landmark year where we get to see God do things on earth as they already are in heaven. That's the power of prayer. That's the invitation. We'll be releasing times and locations very soon. Lastly, number five, we're going to baptize people. And I'm really excited about this. Some of you signed up for this. And beginning in January on the 19th, we're going to be kicking off monthly baptisms on Sunday nights. Some of you are like, well, where are you going to baptize? Okay. They show movies in here at 1230. So we got to like get out of here by 12. Well, I've talked with Pastor Mike Packer, who's a personal friend of mine, and he said, you know what, why don't you come baptize people at Southeast Christian Center? We got this baptismal, we're not using it on Sunday nights, why don't you guys just come in and take control and just do your thing? I was like, yeah, let's do it! And so beginning January 19th, we're going to have our first baptism at 4 p.m. at Southeast Christian Center, and I'm really excited because I get to baptize my daughter. Yeah! She came up to me yesterday, she heard mom and dad talking about it, we're all excited, and she's like, dad... I really want to be baptized. And I'm like, all right, you know what that means? And we had like a little sit down talk and all that. She's like, oh yeah, I want to be baptized. And I was like, all right, well, I get to baptize you. That's the deal. And she's like, all right, deal. And we pinky swore and it was awesome. <laughs> we're going to do this. And we believe 2020 is going to be an awesome year. Where we're going to baptize people. You know, Jesus commands us to immerse people in the reality of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
We baptize them in that reality to identify with what Christ did. In his death, we take people down into the waters of baptism and we identify with the death and crucifixion of Jesus. And then coming up out of the waters, we identify with his resurrection life. We celebrate the chapter in people's lives where they turn from their old way. Come on, they repent and they do this and they go this way. And they turn toward Jesus and they get to publicly profess and confess their faith before their friends and family. It's just an awesome time. And it's such an amazing moment to witness to what God is doing in the lives of believers and in the lives of this church. So we're excited about that. This is what I want as we close. I want you to really pray about what God wants you to be a part of. In addition to all the things that we'll be doing here on Sunday mornings, I want you to just really lean in over the next 7 to 15 days to really pray and ask the Lord, God, what would you have me do? How would you have me serve? How would you have me pray? And how would you have me give? Because I believe it's going to take a synergistic effort of the body coming together through prayer through serving, through giving, through time, through talent, through treasure, to make this possible. And we are really swinging for the fences in 2020. Some of you are like, yeah, you guys just started. You're only three months old. I mean, come on. Listen, we are not of those that shrink back, Hebrews says, but we are of those that press ahead in faith. Our vision is full of faith. We don't know how it's all going to get accomplished, but we know this. It will surely come. It will not delay because God's in it. Amen. Thank you for listening today. To find out more information about our church, including ways you can give, please visit us at CourageousChurch.com.